We'll say tonight one more time that we truly are thankful to be back in this place. Um, thankful for the good news that I heard about your service this morning. Um, that's a blessing. I, my, I talked to Mom and then Benji texted me and I told him, I said, I'm a little jealous. I said, I've never baptized more than one person at a time. And uh, to think about seven, at least up till this point, that's a blessing. And I've got to baptize in, next week, but again, it's just one. And, and I don't want to underestimate the value of just one because it's a blessing that God would add to His church. And, uh, you know, it's a blessing that God would change the life of the one. But boy, to have more than one, I mean, that's a blessing in today's time that we live in. And, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for the good news. I'm thankful for the ones that's been saved. God has been good to this place this week. We've had real revival. We've had real meeting. And I'm not saying it's done by any means, but uh, if, if, if you'll allow me tonight, I guess what's on my heart, I need to shift gears just a little. And what I thought I was going to preach tonight, I ended up preaching this morning, and I've had to go home and do some praying and some soul searching, and this just keeps coming back to me. And uh, if you want to read along with us today, we'll be in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. Book of Mark, the 11th chapter. This is after Jesus has had his triumphal entry coming into Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, I, I've never quite understood the, the meaning of Jesus' action in this portion of Scripture that we're going to read. And I feel like God's given us some clarity over this. And on the surface, it just seems like it's a commentary on the effectiveness of prayer. But uh, we'll get into this. Mark chapter 11. I'm going to start at the 11th verse. It says, And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the evening tide was come, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, uh, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit on thee uh, hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is, not, it, is, is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves? And the scribes and the chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. 
Therefore I say unto you, what, thing, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. <clears throat> now I feel like that's all that I need to read tonight. And uh, I guess if I was going to take a thought out of this, and it may take me a minute to get to it, but uh, my thought tonight is God expects increase. And uh, as I was thinking about this blessed meeting and thinking about all the goodness that God has given us in this place, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of revivals that I've preached that I've not even seen one saved. And I've not even seen one join the church. And really, I've been in some hard meetings where it didn't even really seem like the church got help. We were never able to come in and rejoice like I wanted to and never able to come in and really get as far as I thought maybe God wanted us to go. But, you know, we've been blessed in this place this week, have we not? And it's been a blessing to be in the house of God. But, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer tonight that God doesn't just give blessings and we're supposed to sit back and get fat off of eating at His table. But I believe tonight that God expects increase. God does not bless without the purpose of something coming after that blessing. He expects increase. And I believe tonight, if you'll take this to heart, it'll be a help to you because this meeting has been a help to me and I have no doubt that it's been a help to you. But if the meeting has been a help to you, God expects increase. Now, as we come over to this portion of Scripture, I've never really understood the meaning of cursing this fig tree. But you know, you begin to search out the fig tree and begin to do some study on a fig tree. And you know, it says that it was at a time when Jesus sees this fig tree afar off. It says that this tree has leaves on it. And now, listen, a fig tree is a little bit opposite of a lot of those trees that we have around here. If the fruit comes before for the leaves. And if he was passing by just as a distance, if he sees the tree and it has leaves on it, he expects there to be fruit. But upon further inspection and upon getting closer, all it was was leaves. All it was was just leaves. There was no fruit. And God curses this fig tree. And you know, in just a passing gesture, you might not think about that today. But did I not say that God expects increase from the blessings that that he gives us. If he sees afar off that this tree has leaves on it, he knows that this tree has had everything that it needs to produce fruit. It's had plenty of sunshine. It's had plenty of rain. The soil has nourished its root. It had every opportunity that it possibly could have had to produce fruit. There were leaves there. It was time. But when he got close, there was none. Jesus curses this tree. He withers it from the roots and then he just goes on about his way. And I do want to say just on the base level of this tonight that prayer is an important thing and an important tool that the child of God has in their arsenal. Can you imagine if we as the children of God did not have an advocate with the Father like we preached about the other night? Can you believe tonight what it would be like and imagine what it would be like if 
Jesus Christ was not sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. It's a privilege and a blessing tonight to even be able to pray. And he begins to make commentary to his disciples. Oh, if you'll just believe when you come to me in prayer that you'll have the same kind of power to make a tree wither. You can say to a mountain, be thou removed and it shall move. And I want you to know tonight that I believe that there's still power in prayer. I believe that it still moves mountains. I believe that it still changes lives. You might not see answers to your prayers today, but the Bible makes assurance that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's going to make a difference how much you pray. It's going to make a difference how much you believe in what you're praying for. If God's going to pass by. And you know so many times I find myself, and I think somebody made Sister Hale this week made commentary on this, and so many times I find myself asking God, God, would you save them? God, would you give us a good service? God, would you do this and do that? But do I really believe at the core of my heart and as deep as I can in my soul that God's going to pass by? Or is it just out of words? I'm telling you there's times that if you don't have faith in what you're praying for, I sure wouldn't expect for my prayer to be answered. But if you pray in faith, if you believe that God can, I still believe that He can too. And I've seen it work too many times in the lives of the men and women that I've known down throughout the ages that prayer still works. And you know what a blessing it is to even see a prayer that you've prayed answered? But listen, if God gives a blessing, God expects increase. Now, he knew that he had given this tree everything that it possibly needed to produce fruit. And I want to say to this church tonight that God has blessed us beyond measure. I mean, He's given us the Holy Ghost. Some of you have got to rejoice. Some of you have got to see your children saved. I mean, he's the sun has shined His face around the Fet Baptist Church one more time. I mean, He set the water. He set the He's nourished this place from the root one more time. But if God has given that to the church, God expects increase. God does not expect us to sit back and just be gluttons off of the blessings that He gives and hide them and take them to ourselves. You know, I've got to thinking about this time as I was thinking about this parable and thinking about this portion of Scripture that was put forward. And you know, I, I want you to know tonight that God does expect increase out of us. He's given us everything that He possibly can. But I want you to know, listen, brothers and sisters, we've got to be careful not just to sit back and sit on our blessings. You know, when God gives us a blessing, a lot of times He expects it to go to somebody else. And, and I'm glad, and I'm satisfied, Brother Benji. I'm fine just being a middleman on that blessing train. Ain't no problem with that. I'm glad just being there in the middle. Because if God's give the increase, He expects us to take that abundance and that increase and to pass it on. Did He not preach about Ruth the other night? And, and, and the kinsman redeemer, if God hadn't made it rain on his crops, if God hadn't given him an abundance, when she come in the presence to glean off the corners of the field, he'd have had nothing to offer her. She'd have went on to the next one. But God had already given the increase. God had already sent the rain. He had already sent the fruit. And when the fruit was there, that's when he could pass it on to somebody else that was in need. 
I mentioned those lepers the other night, those four lepers at the, at the edge of the gate over there in Jerusalem. And over in Elisha's time, it says that they had entered into a time of famine. And there were four lepers that stayed there. We've all heard the story. They come to themselves and ask, why sit we here till we die? But I love that portion of the story when God runs the Syrian army off. And they go among the king. And they've been out there starving to death. And God has fed them. They've been out there with no hope, no help, and God has passed by. And the first instinct that these men had was to eat until their belly was full. The next instinct that these men had was to try to hide the gold and the riches off to themselves. But you know, they began to be pricked in their heart. And they began to say, we do not well. For today is a good day of good tidings. And they said, we can take our blessings and help somebody else. There's somebody else that's still starving. And listen, we do not well to sit back on the blessings of God and not be willing to share. If God gives the rain, if He gives the water, if He gives the nutrients, He expects an increase. And listen, I'm so thankful. You know the Bible says that we're not saved by works, but we are saved unto good works, for we are His workmanship in Christ Jesus, and He has foreordained it that we should walk therein. I don't believe that you get saved by works, but the day that you get saved, you should start to work for your Master. You have an obligation and a responsibility to work for your Master. And if God has sent the rain, He expects an increase in your life. The brother has preached to you and told you the truth. It's not controversial. That the day that you get saved, it's the greatest blessing that will ever happen to you. But the day that you get saved, it's not the end. It's not the end. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of your walk. That's just the beginning of what God gives. And you know, there's two parables that's put forth in the Scripture and they're both about money. And you and I understand money at least to a degree. Even children understand money. They know you got to have it. They know that it buys toys. And I want you to know that today Today we serve the greatest paymaster that there's ever been. When we work for God, God pays us. And that, that boggles the man. That just, I mean, listen, He's given us everything that we possibly need. He's given us the increase. And when we're out there in the fields working, He's still paying us on the back. Ain't that a blessing? That first parable that I got to thinking about over there, it talks about that there was a man that had a vineyard and he saw that there was people sitting by idle while there was work that needed to be done. He decides within his heart, I'm going to hire these individuals to come out and work in my vineyard. The first hour of the day, he offers a penny to that very first worker that comes into his store. Well, he sees that the work's not going to get done. He sees that there's more to do. So he goes to hire again. And he goes at the third hour of the day to hire more, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and the eleventh hour of the day to hire more individuals to come to the vineyard and work. Now the man that was hired at one o'clock and the man that was hired at eleven o'clock all were given the same payment. And you know, that blesses my heart when I think about this parable. Listen, it blesses my soul. It don't matter if you've been saved for a day or it don't matter if you've been saved 50 years. Your payment's the same. You can still be 
paid by the pastor. And there was some when the payday came and they all got a penny. The ones that had been in this the longest, the ones that had worked the longest, thought that they deserved something more because they were in this the longest. But I want you to know, if you're 50 and 60 and 70 and been saved a long time, you ought to want these youngins to be paid. You ought to want them to be paid the same way that you have. You don't have a special bearing over them in the eyes of God. If God has helped this place, He expects increase. He has an opportunity to pay all of us. And now thinking about this payment that God gives us for working for Him, I'd like to present another parable. There's one when it talks about a man that had servants. And it said that he give, he had three servants that he decided he was going to take some money and see what they did with it. The first servant, it was all based off of their ability. The first servant, he gave five talents to of silver. The second servant, he gave two talents of silver. And the third servant, he gave one talent of silver. Now that one that had the five talents of silver, he says that he took and he put it to the money changers and he spent some time trying to make that grow. I mean, the master had given him a blessing, but he didn't just sit on it. He took that blessing and did something with it. And he, in the time that he began to work, he took these five talents and turned it into ten. He doubled the profit. He doubled the labor. He doubled the earnings off of the original blessing that was given to him. The other man had two. He did the same thing. He turned his two into four. But there was a third man. And it says that when he took his one talent, he hid it and buried it. And when it was time for the master to come and ask, what have you done with the talent? He said, I've buried it. He said, you should have took what I gave you and used it and multiplied it so that I could use it for my usury. I want you to know that when God passes by in a revival, it's not just so we can sit back and talk about how good it's been. He expects... Increase. Now I want you to know tonight that the Holy Ghost of God expects us as the children of God to grow. And and, and that's something that we don't stress enough in the days that we live in. And and, and it it saddens me and breaks my heart to to see children and to see adults that's been saved for 10 and 20 years. They have absolutely no idea what the Bible says. They have absolutely no idea why we believe what we believe. And every time that God passes by and gives a blessing, you know what they do with that blessing? They say, wasn't that good to be in church today? But did I not say that God expects increase? If He's given you a blessing, and He's given you ability, and He's given you talent, He expects increase in your life. Where you are today, if you've been saved for five years, should not be where you was five years ago. If you've been saved for 25 years, it should not be where you were 20 years ago. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to grow at the same rate, but God expects us all to grow in grace and in knowledge. He expects us all to work on the fruits of the Spirit. He expects the Holy Ghost and the church services that we attend to radically transform our lives. And you know, we live in a day nowadays that church really don't change us that much. But I believe that the gospel still has power to save. I believe it still has power to change. 
And you know, we sit in these good times where the Lord is, and we sit under showers of blessing, and it doesn't do anything for us other than to say we enjoyed it while we was there. But what about tomorrow? What about a week from now? What did a movement of God in your life produce? And that's where we struggle nowadays. And, 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 and listen, it may be to the fault of the preacher sometimes because we're not always good at telling you and telling you to expect that, hey, if we preach this, we expect that God should move in your life. We might preach and we might say, oh, you need to move closer to God. Need to get down closer to God. I don't ever tell them how to do it. Ain't that a shame? Listen, the Word of God should transform us. I mean, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, it's a thought, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart in order to get down and cut in our hearts and still make a difference. Oh, we want it to make a difference with those that's lost. We believe that it's the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of that gospel tonight. Just like my brother that wrote it. But we want it to change them. But what do we do when we sit in a church full of people and it's never changed us? We say we believe it. Why can't we put it into practice? We say we believe that this is the inerrant, infallible, precious Word of God. But it don't do nothing for us. We still live today like we've always lived. We still struggle with hidden sins that we've always struggled with. But the gospel still has power and the Word of God still has power to transform you. Whether you've been saved for a day, whether you've been saved for 75 years, it ought to still make a difference to you. God expects increase. Now, I know that not everybody has the same jobs in life. I know that we don't all have the same ability. And listen, one had the talent, he had five. And one had two, and one was given one. But God never discriminated against the one that had one and the one that had five. He just said, I'll give it according to your ability. But the problem is, is what you do with it. Now, can I say that there comes times in life that God set the rain... I mean, He's nourished this place. There needs to be some fruit. Needs to be some fruit of this meeting. It should. There should be tangible evidence in your life that the gospel and the power of God and the presence of God has changed you. If fruit would have been on that tree, it would have been something He could have touched. been something He could have held. Something real tangible that He could have partaken in. But listen, He begins to examine and he sees everything that I've given this tree, the goodness that I've showed to it, there's nothing to show for it. You know what scares me? We'll sit by and we'll say, what a meeting. In two, in two weeks, what is there to show for it? Has it changed how we worship? Has it changed how we practice? Has it changed how we have church? It should have. I preached to you one night that it's not a waste to worship. <laughs> and listen... Some of you have this week. In order to show you and the ones that weren't able to worship that it's still effective. We told you about praising God. The brothers preached about the goodness of God and why we should praise God. Some of you have praised God this week. And God has given you ability and He's given you talent and you have produced fruit in that. But what about going forward? <laughs> he expected something tangible, something real. 
You know there should be times in your life that you can point to one sermon, one church service, or one prayer that it absolutely has made a difference. You should be able to. Oh, I, I, I preached not real long ago at my church about music. I'll use this as an example. <laughs> And, and, you know, they may say, Brother Ethan, you fell off the deep end, but really, I don't know that there's any good music apart from them old, them old Christian hymns, uh, apart from some good old southern gospel. Uh, I like a little bluegrass every now and then. Uh, but, oh, even country music nowadays, uh, it's rotten and filthy, uh, full of adultery and drugs and fornication. Uh, and listen, you might say, oh, no, uh, that's just the rap. That's just the rock. Uh, listen, we stand up here and we say, cut it off, turn it off, turn it away. But we never tell you why. We never tell you that, hey, here's an example of how it can change you. You know, in your life, if you'll take and you'll listen to the Word of God and you'll really take it to heart and put it into practice, it may not be immediate, but if God sends the rain, He expects an increase. And listen, sometimes subtraction is not really losing something. Sometimes you subtract and you gain something. I mean, you subtract some sins out of your life. Just listen to the Word of God and you will gain. Listen to the preaching of the Word of God. It makes a difference tonight. God expects increase. When He passes by and He blesses, He don't expect us to stay today where we were yesterday. That's not the purpose of blessing. And you and I like to be in the good times with God as much as the next. I, I was thinking, as I was thinking about this scripture, I was thinking about Peter over there. And you know, Peter, James, and John, they were special friends of Jesus, and there were certain times that they got to see more than the rest of the disciples. It was an extra blessing. It was something precious that had been given to them. Times that the rest of the disciples were sent away. And they were in that inner circle and got to see I was thinking about that time that they went up on the mountain and they saw Jesus transfigured in His glory. And it says that Moses and Elijah met Him on the mountain. And, and you know, it, it says over there that they couldn't even tell this story until after Jesus had died and come back. Jesus commanded this at the end. Don't use this right now. They're not for They didn't go up on top of that mountain and see the glory of God fall for nothing. He said, you need to take this and use this at some point. Write it down. Be a blessing to somebody else. Take what I have given you. The places that I have taken you. The things that you have said. That's it on the next now, I know that Peter wanted to stay on top of the mountain. Overzealous Peter, I mean, he bowed down, he began to worship, said, let's make three tabernacles. God had to straighten him out and say, this is my son, hear you him. They fled away and all he sees is Jesus. And boy, what a blessing to be in the presence of God and see that that no man has seen Him lifted up in that state. They couldn't stay there. You read when they left that mountain, Jesus said, don't tell nobody, but you will have to use it. They were somebody at the bottom of the mountain that the other disciples was already wrestling with and they couldn't do nothing with them. I mean, it was somebody, it was a parent that had a child that was possessed with the devil and oftentimes it cast it into the fire. Oftentimes it cast it into the water. They couldn't stay in that blessing all the time. They still had work to do. Yes, he got to enjoy it, but he still had to leave and go to the bottom of the mountain to try to be a help to somebody else. Jesus cast this devil out. And they said, why couldn't we do it? This time comes forth only by passion and praying. Can you imagine being in that blessed place and seeing that thing and God saying, not so it right now? But there's coming a day that you'll use it. 
You want to use and take these times and opportunities that God has given you for increase in life. There should be tangible evidence when you have been in the presence of God that it has done something other than just felt it. You know, you want to be around the preaching of the Word of God and decide within your heart, well, that's good. Some of you bragged on Benji, some of you bragged on me, some of you bragged on this other brother and said, I appreciate your study. And, and, and I get that. I appreciate that. I believe we're expected to be studied to show ourselves approved. Not to you, but to God. A workman needeth not be ashamed. But listen, I want you to know that you have the same teacher that I do, the Holy Ghost. You use the same Bible that I do. I do have extra books and no men and this and that, but I can I can give you access to those. Listen, I don't have special privileges as a preacher. You can get in this book and study it for yourself. You say, I love that preaching. That's done something good for my heart. All right, well take the Word of God and begin to study it and hide it in your heart so that God can use it in your heart. You can use it to help somebody else. You know how much easier it is to testify when you know what that book says? You know how much easier it is to witness when you know what that book says? Oh, most of the time we're trying to witness to somebody else and the only thing that we can tell is what God did for us. What about the saved word? What about the book? Has there been times in your life where you said, I love that, I want that, all right. Well, take it. Read it. You say it's daunting, it's big, it's heavy, it's hard stuff. Listen, I don't understand everything in it either. There has to come times where God reveals things to us. He reveals things to you the same way He does to me. You've got the same picture I You say, I can't read the Bible. You know, if you read two chapters a day, you'll read it in about nine months. How hard is ten minutes a day? Really? I mean, you spend ten minutes rolling on Facebook. Spend ten minutes. Ten minutes telling old silly stories that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. I mean, how hard is ten minutes a day to read your Bible two chapters a day? You'll have it read in nine months. Read four. Have it read in four nine. Even better. Say, I can't do that. Why not? If God's given the blessing, He's blessed you with the Word. If He's given you ability to understand and the ability to read, God expects you say, all right. I, I do read my Bible. There, there may be a faithful few here, and I, I'll give you credit. You say, I read my Bible through every year. Well, all right, if you've been doing that for 25 years, why are you still doing the same thing in 25 years that you did when you started? God expects increase, does He not? He expects us to get in this thing deeper and to work a little harder. I mean, He's given us every opportunity that He possibly can. But it's not for us to sit back and say, well, that was good. You know, Peter had to use his experiences in those times where God had passed by. You know, Peter finds himself over there on the seashore. I mean, he's denied Christ three times and he's got nothing. I mean, he's over there miserable. He's went back to that same old life. God called him away from the boat, called him to be a picture of men. And after Jesus is crucified, we find him back on the boat naked with a bunch of other men. But God begins to call. And what a blessed time of restoration. Now, He asks him three times. You think about this. He's restoring him. He's got a personal walk with him. A time and an experience just then. But what does He say? He says, Peter, do you love me? Well, sure I do, Lord. What's He say? 
Don't pick my sheep. Do you, do you, I'll put it this way. Do you love me? Do you love my ways? Do you love my spirit? Do you love being in church? Do you love my presence? Yes, I do, Lord. Do you love the revival that I've sent you? Have you enjoyed the reign in the house of God? Yes, I have, Lord. Don't pick my sheep. I want to do something with it. God expects increase. He sees that the fruit is available here. And, and it's a blessing that Peter does this. I mean, after he's restored, the next time that you see Peter is on the day of Pentecost. And think about this, when the Spirit of God was given on the day of Pentecost, they didn't just sit in the upper room and just bask in the glory. Just bask in what was there. And then leave and say, boy, that was good. That ain't what happened, is it? It says it passed through like a mighty rushing wind. They began to speak in cloven tongues like fire. Then they went and preached. How many was saved? Three God gave the rain. He gave the Spirit. But they didn't just sit there and basket. God expected an increase. And it's the same for this church. We don't need to just sit back and look at each other and shake hands and say, Boy, it was good. And forget how good that God has been to us. I mean, Elijah was sitting by the brook soaking up the presence and the power of God. I mean, when everybody else was starved to death, he was being fed. When everybody else was hungry and didn't know where their next meal was, he was guaranteed by God that he's going to be fed. Uh, going to be fed in the morning and going to be fed in the evening. All he had to do was just sit back and say, "Give me, give me, give me, give me." He knew God was going to pass up. There came a day that that right up, and God expected increase. He says, "Elijah, I've been feeding you all this time." while somebody else has been starving to death. And she's been praying for an answer. She's down to the end of her barrel. I mean, down there, she ain't got nothing left. He said, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you. But what he didn't know is he's been blessed this whole time, so he needs to go and be a blessing to somebody else. He could have sat by the brook said, oh, I love the presence of God. I love the power of God. But when the time came to go, he did not argue. The brook dried up, and he went on for the glory of God. Now listen, I want you to know that not every day, not every church service is going to be rainbows and butterflies and kids. Ain't going to be that way. He enjoyed some sweet time of feeding, some sweet time of help. He enjoyed some good presence of God. But the man of God found himself at the bottom of the barrel with that little woman every single day. And she sustained him. He sustained her. He took the blessings that God had given him and was willing to go and give them to somebody else. If he wouldn't have showed up, she'd have died. Her son would have died. But he said, I've got to take these blessings. God sent the rain, He sent the water, He sent the food. He expects an increase. He expects some fruit. And I'm not saying that you've got to grow and know as much about the Bible as your pastor. I mean, but listen, when the seed falls on good ground, just like that parable, it says that there was some that produced 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. But at the end of the day, they still produce something as an effect of the rain. 
and the sunshine. <laughs> I wonder tonight, and you know, we, te- we, we preach these things and we talk about these things, but I wonder tonight if we believe that the gospel still has the power to transform even us. You believe that it's got the power to make a difference with you. Take the ability that God has given you and do something with it. We live in a day, and, and, and I'll say this, and, and I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but you know, we live in a day that really in our churches, we don't give folks a good idea to work for Christ. I mean, and I don't mean this bad, so you don't take this bad, okay, brothers and sisters. But you know, I think about me and the church that I pastor. The money that they give me, I appreciate, but it's not even enough to get a grocery bill once a week. I appreciate that. But you know, I don't think the Looking at wounds and wound cancer is the best use of the call that God has given me in my life. But I don't know what to do about it. And sometimes I sit back and, you know, we enjoy the blessings of God in this house and this house alone. We willing to get back. I mean, how many of our churches do you know that how many of our churches do you know go out to the homeless, go out to the widow, go out to those that sit, go out to those that's in drug, that's on drugs, go out to those that truly need help? We enjoy our blessings that God has given us, and we sit with Him in this house, and we sit on them and sit on them. But God expects an increase out of this church. He expects that this place has been blessed by His presence, blessed by the gospel, blessed by finances, blessed by everything that He's given us. He expects an increase. We don't give our children enough opportunities to work for God. And it's reality. I'm just just preaching you the truth tonight. It's reality. We don't give them enough opportunities to work for God. We don't have no ministries we support. I don't know any missionaries up in my part of the world. I know there's some down here that goes to Africa and, and praise God for them. But I'm talking in our hometown. I'm talking here in Lafayette. I'm talking, can we even make it that we can worry about those that's lost and dying somewhere else? But what about just taking our blessings, expecting an increase, and using what God has given us right here in our own back door? We say, oh. <laughs> And I know that's hard preaching. And I don't mean that every towards anybody. But we sit back so many times on the goodness of God and just enjoy it amongst each other. But what are you going to do when God becomes, comes to look? He expects there to be fruit. And you've only got leaves. You know what He did to this tree? He crushed it from the ground so that it had no more ability to uptake nutrients. He cursed it. He wasn't going to get that no more. He gave it everything that he could have and expected there to be an increase. But when there was none, that's when he cursed it. That's when it withered. Why do you think some of our churches around here died? We ain't willing to have We ain't just the blessing of God that we did. We sit back and enjoy it. But if God sent the rain, if He sent the power, He expects an increase. This revival is no different. It should do something for you. Amen. Other than just sitting back and saying, well, that did it. Amen, it was good. Now what? Are you going to pray more as a result of it? Are you going to try to worship more as a result of it? 
Are you going to have more of a fervent zeal to talk to sinners as a result of it? You say the moving of God was good. Okay, then what? What did it do? What did it produce? God expects an entrance. <coughs> Brothers and sisters, I love you. I know this ain't preaching to the lost, but boy, we need this. <laughs> Amen. Every one of us sat by and said, ain't it good? Yes, it is. Now what? Would you the rain? I'd hate to be like that tree when the rock comes off. Where it begins to wither. No more chance to feed. No more chance to grow. It was cursed. They even passed by and they said, that was that tree that we was there next to. Do you remember it yesterday? Look at the shape of the tree. You imagine that being the testimony of this church. At one time it was fruitful. At one time it had power. At one time we was a shining light. But we took our blessings and sat on them. We took our blessings and did nothing with them. We supported no ministries. We started no ministries. We weren't willing to go and help nobody. We just sat around all the time and patted each other on the back and said, ain't that good. You imagine the testimony of this church when he says, I've fed you, I've watered you, I've sheltered you, I've given you the gospel. But you've done nothing with it. Cut off from the root. And with that missionary Baptist church, one day good be a memory to those that pass on. That at one time it was that, at one time it was fruitful. God give them every opportunity that they possibly could have had. But they sat back and did nothing. If God sends the rain, what's He expect? An increase. Wonder what that tangible thing will be for you. It's tangible. It's real. It's it's measurable. It's something you can feel and know that from this point forward, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the church services that we have has made a difference. And I am different now because of it. And those times of examination are scary. But when God gets close and He saw there was no fruit, that's when He cut it off. He had given it everything it needed to produce. When there was no increase, He was done. If God's blessed us tonight as much as we claim that He has, now what? God expects increase while we stand and say, that's my challenge to you tonight. What are you going to do going forward with it?